Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Radionetwork.org, we are talking to a fantastic mentor, chef, uh, probably the greatest Italian chef to influence young Americans today, and that is none other than Cesare Casella. Welcome, Cesare. Ciao. Ciao. Um, to me, this is very, very exciting because. Um, as you probably all know, I run a cooking school, and Cesare has been my mentor for our Italian program. And uh, he not only has been my mentor, but I know with many of the young American chefs who are making huge contributions, people like Mark Ladner at um, Del Posto, or Anne Burrell, uh, or even someone like Anthony Bourdain, uh, used Cesare to be his guide in Rome to take him to all the best uh, places and most authentic places. So anyway, we're going to jump into it uh, today because Cesare's background uh, is he came to the States uh, quite a few years ago and he opened Coco Pazzo, he had Beppe, Maremma, but now he has one of the most uh, exciting uh, eating places in New York, Salameria Rossi on the Upper West Side, uh, and he's just about to open Salameria Rossi Il Restaurante on 73rd Street and Madison Avenue in New York. So enough about me talking, Cesare. I want to talk to you. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, tell me, what year did you come to New York? 2001. 2001. Why did you come to New York? I come to uh, New York because I used to be... a. Uh, I used to be in um, I have a restaurant in Luca, they call Vipore, and um, in the restaurant they came a lot of famous uh, people, and there are a lot of Americans, and um, I started to started to like uh, to come in New York for my vacation. I used to come in New York. I started to uh, to cook for charity event, and one the first one that was in the Lincoln Center, and the the called Tutta Italia event and from there I started to be in love with New York and um, I I came here. You have the opportunity so you can. Uh, I should mention that Vipore was a one star Michelin in Luca and John Fairchild who's the editor in chief of W Magazine it was his favorite uh, restaurant and so Cesare had a reputation in New York way before he got here. Um, So tell me how does an Italian chef become an Italian chef, a one-star Michelin toast of the town, uh, toast of Luca town, <laughs> which is a heavy food city. I, I think uh, um, first is the passion and what you want to do 
in the, your life is uh, what makes you to become a chef because at the moment you decide what you uh, want to do. Uh, I there was a difference for me. I born in the restaurant physically. Uh, we have the our house above the restaurant, uh, but my parents didn't like for me to be in the restaurant business. Now wait a minute. So your your family had a restaurant, Vipere. Yes. Okay. Was your father the chef? My mom uh, was a chef there. My father, there was uh, uh, he was doing only uh, cook at the grill because it was a wood fire grill, and there was the person that uh, he was a take care to buy the ingredients, and uh, he was very uh, picking that. I learned a lot from him how to buy the ingredients, how to choose the best quality from my mom to uh, to cook but at the same time I went in the school because I thought that if I want to do uh, this uh, uh, business I want to have uh, more knowledge and the school is what they give it to you all right so let's go back to your childhood from the time you were born did your parents have this restaurant uh, was it uh, my my parents they used to work uh, my father was uh, uh, working the farm but they have another business but he loved the food and my mom she was a uh, uh, working she was the the fourth sister she was the person the cook you no know, my grandmother my my mom since she was a very young in the house plus she was a uh, chef in the private house then after that the, my mom and my father used to help my uncle they had a restaurant at that point uh, they decided to go to look for new house instead of to find a house they find house a business so they talk uh, uh, this space uh, there was a this restaurant there was in 1964 and then so I was a four years old um, there I was living the restaurant so so what are your first memories of the restaurant in the house were they all the same thing to you was, did you think that everyone had a restaurant in their home no no really because I was a different and uh, to have the restaurant, but for me there was a playground. The, the kitchen was a playground, the store, because in the front we have a, a grocery store, we have the bar. Um, maybe other kids, they have a playground, they go in the playground. For me, the, my <laughs> playground, there was a, the kitchen and the grocery store and the bar. Um, many times, because my parents, they was uh, busy and then, um, they did maybe the, the step more longer than what they, they thought they thought it was more easy so they wasn't working a lot and they want the priority now was me they wasn't more they the working so they forget me sometime in the bar or in the grocery <laughs> store and I use uh, I was a kid and I used it to uh, to sleep uh, with uh, my dog because they was uh, my best friend <laughs> and uh, maybe they find me and uh, sleep in the corner of the bar or, or where Why we your dog <laughs> yes there was a perfect soft and, uh, yeah. and it wasn't my 
bodyguard. Yes. <laughs> Nobody wanted to go around uh, uh, him. Touch you, yeah, yeah. What, so what were some of the great flavor memories you had growing up in that restaurant? Uh, you, you did a question for me. It was a normal... Uh, I thought that everybody they have a... Uh, have a restaurant, restaurant. At their house. Uh, that no, but uh, what I was surprised when I used to go to eat the house, uh, my friend, and then then it was the same food. <laughs> <laughs> so I was more uh, alert to the bad things. You no, know, the I know was surprised the good things my mom or my father used to do, or I was or what I was eating my home. Uh, for me, that was the standard. So when I was going to eat something else in another place, uh, I was disappointed. Because uh, the food wasn't as good. No. Were the products not as good too? No, I think the product, the one the product, because so we talk today, then don't exist the product. But uh, I think in the seventeen, the eighty-two, there was a non-good product. Maybe uh, even in Italy. In, in, even in Italy, because. Uh, uh, depends on how you was a buy. So many times uh, there was a no problem. Live in the country a lot. The farmer, um, they 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 produce. They was a great, uh, but maybe other product. The uh, no supermarket product or other product. The there was a for uh, money. Uh, problem or for knowledge problem uh, maybe they know, know it I think uh, uh, in Italy too in the 70s and the 80s there was a lot of uh, cube bouillon or, oh, right. or stuff like that then it was like my mom family like my mom they, no, they have a, my, my grandfather they, no, they get up at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, in the house uh, they have this uh, wood burning stove never was off in the oh, summertime no. or in the winter time so probably because at 5 o'clock they get up they have a breakfast my grandfather used to have uh, this uh, bowl with a cafe latte yeah. a dipping wine um, dipping bread inside 5 o'clock after that uh, take a pieces of the lardo and uh, slice the bread with uh, his knife, cut a piece of lardo, eat uh, in this way. Uh, then in at uh, 10 o'clock, 10.30, my grandmother, they used to bring sandwich in the field at the farm because they have a snack with uh, uh, the wine and the sandwich. Then there was uh, some cheese that my grandma used to make or some salami, but no, no vegetable. Twelve o'clock, they come back home for lunch. So the lunch there was a big, huge lunch. And uh, but in the kitchen, all the time there was uh, uh, the 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 pots with uh, some type of the broth because of beef or chicken. There was a cooking there. Uh, because of the broth, there was uh, something important in the uh, in the family for to eat. But at twelve o'clock, they have a lunch with the pasta, and there was uh, uh, some meat, and uh, and then when they finish the, some meat, they, normally uh, it's uh, not too much meat, but a lot of sauce because of the bread, and uh, the bread was made in the house, but you make it once a week, so. 
when they arrive there after seven days, the bread is still still, still but stale, but stale. stale. But you have to put it in the broth to make it uh, <laughs> soft enough to eat. But but not so much because uh, they was a smart. Said they know they used to put the potatoes inside. So if you put the potatoes in the bread, oh, you mean sti- make a potato bread. No, the the flour, but with the potatoes, yeah. they still soft after one week. Oh. And uh, so, but they are, they are the difference, or they take the bread, they put it on top of the fire, they can okay, toss it. Okay, you're from Tuscany. Yes. And everybody says Tuscan bread has no salt, and that's good for Tuscan But it depends. Be- so, the potato bread, did it have salt in it? Yes. Oh. But for example, look at every bread, they have a salt, because uh, uh, I don't know really what is the uh, less salt you put, they preserve better. Oh. But another thing, the salt, what is, it's uh, uh, about the, the cost. Yeah. The, but I don't know what is real, but um, uh, you reading sometime, uh, talk about the bread, uh, talk the, the salt, the, the, they don't put the salt because at that time it was expensive, the salt. But I don't know because all the Tuscany, they have a lot of places where they make salt. Yeah. And then, so you don't understand. But look at, so let me ask you something else. Did you ever dream of being something other than a chef or working with food growing up in that no. environment? You always, you always I, knew. My, <clears throat> when I decided to go to cooking school in Italy at 14, and the, the school there uh, three years or five years, uh, and I told my parents, my parents they, uh, practically they told me uh, if... Uh, going to cooking school you're going to work for to pay your own tuition uh, it wasn't tuition but for to live but if you're going to choose the school for to go to be architect doctor priest uh, <laughs> what you want but knowing the rest of business we pay you don't need to work that and I don't know if uh, that so they, they really didn't want you to go they don't business. want it because the restaurant uh, today is a uh, no uh, to be a chef it can be glamour but uh, 30 years ago and uh, then it wasn't so much glamour there was uh, working a lot a lot of time but it wasn't my passion yeah. and, uh, and uh, that uh, offer from my parents uh, I think there was uh, I don't know if it was a type they were of testing I don't know they testing they, they believe that they, they believe if you were going to pay for your own way they knew you were serious about it and then but not so much that probably because it's so difficult it's so hard to be chef 35 years ago they made a passion and they was a believer that it was important for them to have it it was more important to have the song the architect yes. or doctor the known uh, to be chef right um, so tell me I, you know you told me a story about how serious you were as a student and in those days there was one Italian chef who had three stars uh, Gautiero Marchese and he was known as Il Divino he was so revered tell people what you did um, you know to learn from him but uh, after the, the, the school because of three years and the, the school uh, was going to Monte Catini uh, between Lucca to Florence so uh, every morning I need to get up at six o'clock in the morning and um, somebody living in my village he's going to dra- drive to the Lucca for work he 
pick up me, drop me at the station. I take a train, I go to Montecatini, I take a, I come out from the station, I walk uh, three quarters of a mile for to go to the uh, to the school, and then in the evening at uh, four o'clock I leave from the school and then I do back uh, home and uh, take a bus for to go back home. What time did you get home? Uh, five, six o'clock. And then I was uh, uh, working in the restaurant. At night? And at night. And then and that, so what were you <clears throat> learning? And why, did, why was it so important to you? Because the school, uh, the difference, the, um, the difference was uh, uh, my mom is a great chef. And then, uh, but I thought that uh, if I want to come uh, uh, better, and uh, I want to, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm better, but uh, if I want to have more knowledge, I needed to have a more uh, direction uh, to uh, study more. In Italy, it's a different the school because it's uh, you're going to have a not only culinary. Uh, training. training, but you, uh, for example, we have a French, uh, study French language, French language, English, and I learn it too much, <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, mathematics, history, geography. Oh, so it's schooling. Is a schooling, and because in fact there was a, about. Uh, uh, if I think from the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, uh, to four o'clock a day for every uh, every day. That is a. <clears throat> Uh, I learn a lot, but I think I learn a lot because I have the knowledge of my mom. I think my mom, until I was 18, she never wanted me in the kitchen. Uh, my mom, she a lot of chef all around, uh, um, all around uh, the world. They used to come to do stage in Vipore. And my mom teach to everybody. And uh, to me, uh, to me, uh, it was a, she was the same. You know already, you, know, you don't need to learn. You don't need to so learn. So she kicked you out of the me kitchen? Me kicked me out. Practically, what the I learned... Chefs came from all over to yes, learn from Yes, it was a funny... was a funny... A uh, couple months ago, I was in Costa Rica. And um, in this uh, resort is a coffee plantation. Yeah. And um, I was uh, working... Uh, I was a... Uh, in vacation there and I saw this guy I thought uh, maybe I know him um, and then finally we are at the restaurant he was next to me and they told me ciao Cesare how are you and um, and then he introduced himself was a former student at the, the oh, French oh, Culinary yeah. Institute no oh, oh, French uh, Culinary uh, Institute yes but he did a stage in Vipore with my mom and me <laughs> how funny and there was a day, is a day is good of a chef for uh, the Boston uh, Fre uh, up in Boston Liga, Liga, oh legal seafood legacy food okay well that's a French culinary institute stronghold too okay we're going to take a, a break here this is so fascinating we're going to come back and talk to Cesare about his restaurant
Coast Ranch grass-fed beef. Pasture raised on 150,000 acres in Central California. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, free-range, sustainably produced, humane. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, the authentic flavor of the American West. Okay, we're going to resume. Today I have the privilege and real fun of talking to Master Chef Cesare Casella. I think maybe some of you have seen him on uh, Anthony Bourdain's uh, No Reservations when Tony was uh, doing his show on Rome. He did it 1950s style and in black and white and had to get the ultimate person to show them authentic Roman cuisine and Cesare was his guide. Go to Netflix and get that TV show. It is fantastic. So Cesare, I remember walking with you and Luca and we walked down the main street and people going, Cesare, Cesare, when are you going to come back? I mean, you're just such a beloved chef for your restaurants. Everybody misses your food over there. We're so lucky in New York because we have it. Um, Luke is a small town. Luke is a a hard town to impress people with food. Um, So uh, your background was you worked at Coco Pazzo and took New York and uh, Critics by Storm. Then you opened uh, Beppe and Maremma. But about in 2008, you really came on an incredible idea and opened this uh, different concept restaurant, more cafe-style uh, Salumeria Rossi. And uh, it has the best prosciutto. It's up at 73rd and um, Amsterdam Avenue. The best prosciutto, the best mozzarella, the best products. But now you're opening an even further extension of that on 73rd on the east side of Madison Avenue with uh, Salomeria Rossi, Il Restaurante. So where has your concept of cooking, what is this new restaurant about? But, uh to step back the the, the, the place in in, um, in West Side uh, it's um, idea uh, it's like uh, what was a vipore but like there was a most of the the restaurant at the start so it's a uh, small store in the village where they have the store and they sell uh, prosciuttos cheeses other product everything they need <clears throat> it's a uh, the deli the village they have like a vipre that was from the they used to sell in pasta in bulk, uh, bread, salami, uh, blade, bladed razor, everything they needed for the people that live there. And then they started to make a restaurant in the back. And that is Salomeria Rosin West Side is the same, is at a store grossly in the in the front and then in the back next is uh, the restaurant and the idea because it's a small place we did it with a small plate like Italian tapas in the east side uh, practically it's like my return inside because when I arrived in New York there was only across the street across the street from here because Coco Pazzo was a 74th street uh, so when I saw this space in 73rd in Madison, uh, I liked the idea after 20 years to open place, uh, not like uh, Coco Pazzo, but very similar because uh, uh, I hope to have the same success. Um, 
Okay, so tell us what the <clears throat> menu is going to be like at the new restaurant, the uh, Salomeria Rossi, compared to Coco Pazzo, which was maybe 20 years ago? Yes. How has uh, how <clears throat> the menus, Italian men menus, changed? But uh, really, the the change they don't change. Uh, like the idea that when they arrive in, in um, when the, the menu in Coco Pazzo was in my menu, uh, they, they I put a lot in my dishes, uh, they don't going to be so much different because they're going to be, um, the, the moment the best the Italian cuisine, I think, is at the 90 in Italy. So when they finish the uh, the Nouvelle Cuisine, because until the 80, there was a, a great restaurant, a good restaurant, there was a lot of influence about the Nouvelle Cuisine. After the, the 90, there was the influence, the molecular cuisine from the, the Spanish. So the 90, there was a start to be the real uh, Italian food. Because before the, the uh, 80, 70, there was a Different because Italy there was a finish a, Italy finished the war in the 1940. Uh, so in the 40s the, the people there was a thinking now uh, what is the food to eat something because in time the war there was too much food. The 50 the same there was important the quantity. In the 60 there was the boom the economy uh, they started to be a lot of different restaurants but there was at the beginning. But the food they're going to have in my inspiration and the water working for the new place, it's a lot of uh, the, the great Italian restaurant today. Um, some they are not anymore there, like Cantarelli, like Paracucchi. And so you're doing authentic Italian food from the from the 90s or from my is from the 90 from the 90 uh, talk about the 90 because there was a more restaurant there was a cook uh, pure Italian food but they start from many chefs the 60 like a Cantarelli Paracucchi like a Pinchiori like a, a Pescatore also, Marchesi World War II where they could use good good products yeah but they know was they know was used in the right way and then it was enough in knowledge because uh, there was a uh, a gap because of the war the war and, the, and there was a, a lot about the quantity when they they they, they hungry finish yeah. and they started the people to have the money they started better uh, communication to know uh, what there was in Sicily what there was in the north uh, uh -huh. and the, the ingredients that travel more yes. because in the between the, uh, the first war in 1918 yes. and the second war so then it wasn't too much knowledge of what's happening in the other part about the food so the system that started to be the people travel yes. to have in the transportation yes. better so they started the ingredients to go around to have better I believe in the Italian food um, in Sicily or in Alto Adige um, it's the same philosophy. Uh, they change a lot because each region in Italy they have different ingredients, and for different reasons about the weather, the uh, geographically, uh, macroclimate, they cook in different way. But the philosophy is the same: respect the ingredients, the simplicity to use uh, the ingredients from where it came from. Uh, for example, it's very difficult for you to find uh, 
still today Radicchio Trevisano in Sicily because uh, you're going to but if you go in Veneto every store they have a Radicchio Trevisano because they still in some way like a protection and then what is interesting they are so different the Italian food because uh, until 1850 Italy there was a divine three uh, 300 different uh, uh, state one against another so they, they really share their no no share nothing but <laughs> that is a, it's a very difficult so now they've discovered each other's uh, cultural so everyone's making pasta but they're making pasta a little different in the very different uh, with a different type of the, for example in the south of Italy they use a uh, durum flour but if you go in the center they use a uh, non durum flour the regular flour because they don't have a durum flour so they, for generation they cook in some way so the chef uh, the great chef they started to uh, educate not only the, the, the client but the client they, they eat uh, in the restaurant they started to cook home better uh, because uh, and it's uh, not better but different to use new ingredients uh-huh. and for us Italy is a very small uh, country but they are so different it's a travel the, the ingredients and it's it's a so uh, cool if you you go in uh, Italy and you uh, travel in the A1 the highway and you see many times if you catch in the time the the truck they leave uh, from Sicily and they're going to Milan or Torino to bring uh, produce and uh, but they live in the night they come back in the morning it's not like here yeah. the ingredients they come from California they need seven days tracking yeah. so here one day you have the product they arrive from a, a Sicily right, so, so hot let's, let's circle back to your new restaurant so what's the menu going to be like and, but the menu and, and what is Italian food is it Italian food from all over Italy or are you doing a no I do I do it all around Italy um I cook, uh, I'm going to uh, use the, 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 the real uh, way, so the philosophy to respect the ingredients, uh, the simplicity, uh, and then, you know, a lot, a lot of the, these dishes that come from our book, from the... <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about the book and the next part of the... But because, but because I think uh, it's uh, the way that uh, I grow up myself, uh, to cook from uh, the knowledge, uh, from uh, the knowledge that I had when I was cooking uh, in the school, the knowledge to cook in Vipore, they have uh, no, my garden and then everything that was around, uh, all my friends who raised rabbits, who raised pigs, and uh, everything uh, uh, almost uh, came from uh, around me. Um, it's uh, different from when they arrive in New York and then. Um, Many, many different things. One of the first time they arrived in New York, uh, gentlemen, they, they, they delivered the lamb. And then in Italy, for me, the lamb there was, is a baby lamb, it's at not 25 pounds. This was a 150 pound lamb. I thought, this is what is the dead sheep <laughs> they, dead they brought sheep. <laughs> They brought here because we don't cook. So the lamb that you're going to serve in the new restaurant, how? How big a lamb is it? Is it an American no. lamb or, or an Italian baby lamb? I now I cook a both. 
but because I started to learn what is the difference because the animal was bad there was a race for to be 150 pounds but in the beginning I thought so this is America everything is a big the lamb too is a big <laughs> and then it was a sh- dead ship because in Italy uh, what's happening it was a different breed so. they're different a breed they, how they, they make yeah. but in the beginning for me it was difficult to understand that you can have uh, these rock the lamb so, so your restaurant is going to be an evolution of, of Italian cuisine as you've evolved as you've evolved so um, actually we're going to take a break here and we're going to come back uh, in a minute after this uh, interruption and we're going to talk to Cesare about his book to Cesare Casella on Chef Story, and uh, we've just finished hearing about Cesare's uh, childhood growing up in the restaurants. He's opening a new restaurant, uh, Salomeria Rossi, a Restaurante, on Madison Avenue and 73rd Street. But at this point, Cesare, I think the, your passion for Italian cooking and your passion for sharing your knowledge is, is really something all, all the young American chefs love about you. Uh, and you're coming out with a new book, uh, actually with the International Culinary Center because you're a dean of Italian studies. Why don't you share with us what you're trying to do? This is, the book is The Fundamentals of Italian Cuisine. And what is it in that book that's about your your passion? Well, I think the book is an evolution uh, from the books that I wrote because uh, until now I, I wrote the Italian cooking for dummies. There is a cool book. Italian cooking for dummies. <laughs> and I think it's a great great Italian uh, is a great cookbook for Italian food because they have a lot of knowledge and simplicity. Um, and then the, I did the, the area of Tuscan chef. There was a divide in the fourth season, and there was a talk about my life, and there was a recipes uh, at that time. And then I did the True Tuscan, uh, the last book. Uh, now, um, with the school, uh, practically we utilize the curriculum, and uh, we develop uh, with the curriculum and the knowledge. And uh, the evolution of all this, my knowledge in the last 25 years to make this book. And uh, the fundamental, uh, the title is uh, The Fundamental Techniques of Classic Italian Cuisine. Classic because, uh, uh, not because it's a classic from 18th century. I think it's a classic because uh, what and, uh, I consider what is the evolution of the Italian food from the the, what they, they start from a, a very long time ago to today because a great chef they brought it today uh, they, to know exactly what they're uh, going to be and today I think we save uh, uh, this book they're going to explain more about what is the simplicity but how to make a sample at the same time is uh, great the techniques that we use but this is a, 
uh, the work that I did at the school in the last five years uh, to add uh, what is the, my work uh, when uh, I was in Italy, uh, they make, I think, uh, come out of what in the end they cook uh, the menu place. Um, so how is the book um, organized? How do you take all of Italian cuisine, call it classic cuisine, and put it in one book? Ma we divide we de, uh, for uh, courts, but at the same time what is divide for courts is that we talk about the ingredients and the techniques. So it's a recipes, techniques, ingredients. Um, it's a 700 pictures. Is a four 700 pictures. And there is a, a lot of pictures to explain. Uh, because sometimes one is a sample is a more difficult than one is a complex because to make understand how is a great ingredient how to choose the right uh, way how to <coughs> present um, with the known too many ingredients present a great dish how to cook a dish and to keep the quality intact and uh, instead of to destroy it because sometimes it can happen that you have a great ingredients and you don't know how to cook and uh, you're going to destroy all the nutrition and not only nutrition but the quality the of the product, yeah. the flavor and um, the, the difficulty uh, sometimes is uh, to find the product but the difficulty is how to cook in the right way and uh, when you don't want to uh, respect uh, uh, the ingredients I, for example what I think that, uh, that my food today it's uh, in three words it's a uh, simple honest classic um, this because uh, simple because the most simple and uh, with the knowledge today and then um, you can cook uh, great simple dishes honest because you need to be honest with the ingredients, but need to be honest with yourself uh, in the what is it that the, to choose the right ingredients and to cook in the most uh, uh, right uh, right uh, way. Classic because uh, when we talk about uh, the my experience, what is the uh, the research that I did uh, from uh, the eighty. Uh, that I still uh, to bring in this book. So, for example, one of the dishes I loved at uh, Beppe, maybe Coco Pazzo, I forget when you did, was the five bean salad. And you couldn't find the right beans. And you, you actually started a whole heirloom bean uh, business because uh, you brought the beans from Italy from Etruscan times. Yes, right? but in fact, I still to, uh, today, this. Uh, uh, to have these beans and then um, uh, but today is a more easy for to find beans here too in the the 99 when I started Republican beans I started only because it was a bring for myself the beans the, there was this memory they have in Italy they, to eat the beans and don't find in the same way right because today I think in the US you can find better food than what there was a 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, better ingredients because the knowledge about the quality it's uh, much better. Um, when I hear uh, people they talk about the 
Uh, the, the ingredients was much better before. I, no, 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 I disagree. Because today, who growing product, uh, who use the product, they have much more in uh, knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, still, uh, sometimes not too much in knowledge. And I talk about uh, about New York, and it's uh, different from many other uh, parts. Uh, but New York today, you can find. Uh, many ingredients the same quality the water you can find in Italy um, that's great and uh, <laughs> no it's a it's a good the only um, problem maybe for New York is a difficult for the producer vegetable because the seasons are very short yes um, I think uh, today the same you can find good fish um, not like in Italy because uh, it's a uh, different in the Italy. Is better in Italy. Uh, that uh, uh, with the grape possible. It's a different because in Italy, normally the fish is a fish in the morning, uh, and uh, you eat in the same day. Ah. Here is a very difficult uh, to find the transportation. Uh, the, the transportation. Um, so it's it's a, like. A, now when we. Uh, so let, let's get back to the book. You said that you're going to be in your new restaurant using recipes from the book. Is this because the restaurant is classic and honest and simple? Yes, because uh, the, the, what I want to... Uh, first of all, the only thing that I know is a cook Italian, a cook uh, in the classic way. So it's uh, the time... And then, no, and then really, I... No, the last three, four years, I know... Uh, cook in the way that I used to cook because a small plate, a great food, but I, I want the fact that I decide to open a more classic restaurant, uh, a regular portion, and uh, because uh, there was a missing to cook. Uh, you, you miss cooking. I miss cooking because uh, uh, the size it was different. Here they're going to be the same uh, way because they have a restaurant. In the front is a grocery store. I sell prosciutto, but uh, they, we have a restaurant where the menu I want to do uh, to express the Italian food and the base the uh, simple, honest, classic because I want to cook the real Italian food. And this not because I don't think in, in New York. Uh, there are no Italian restaurants, good Italian restaurants. I think in New York, uh, almost is more easy to eat good Italian food in New York than many places in Italy. Oh. And, um, and let and me get, let me tell you, where your restaurant on the Upper East Side is absolutely gorgeous. How did how did you uh, who designed it and how did you get? Because it's classic, the walls, it's very elegant. But the um, the tables and the settings are very uh, modern and sleek, and it's it's just a fascinating but it's combination. A, it's and a classic. Uh, when I talk about it, I think the uh, think of a cook uh, classic. When I talk about the simple, honest classic, is uh, the food, but at the same time the ambience. Uh, it's uh, simple because uh, uh, in the end. The, they have the simplicity, uh, but at the same time is a sophisticated because yeah. they have this uh, uh, all uh, fresco uh, from Rome, 
Uh, it's like a villa in Pompeii. It does look like a villa in, Bombe in two, Pompeii. I was two, just in Pompeii. It does look like 2,000 years ago. Yes. But the color is very Italian. Uh, the, the, the fact, uh, for example, the chair, they are designed uh, for us, and they are the classic uh, eggs uh, chair in the system in Italy. This is designed for the restaurant because of the same style, because they're comfortable. They're because incredibly uh, comfortable. I think that what is that nice, the, the plate, they are from Richard Ginori, they are the most classic uh, manufacturer for China in Italy, and they are uh, so great, so beautiful. Uh, the glass, they are from uh, um, Luigi Bormioli in Italy. Uh, so everything, uh, the, uh, the, the simplicity, but at the same time, the little sophistication. Um, and the classic, because you see everything, the color, uh, the, the, what is here, it's uh, Italian. Um, for to express this my uh, idea, I utilize uh, Dante Ferretti. Dante Ferretti, he won three Oscars. Uh, for the set design and he did all the movie in Martin Scorsese. So the set designer for Martin Scorsese did the design for your restaurant? Yes. And it's incredible. He designed all this restaurant and the, he, the last Oscar that he won is uh, uh, for Hugo, the oh, movie Hugo. The, uh, the set designer for Hugo? Yes. That, no wonder this place is just exquisite. But because really there are no when you walk inside, a, if you talk about the Greek restaurant, you walk inside, you can identify this as a Greek restaurant. Mm -hmm. If you go in the uh, French, uh, you still to have some uh, feeling the Provence or other. But the Italian restaurant, really, they are not too much uh, less, you know, identify the Italian restaurant with the checker tablecloth yeah. or the Chianti. Yes, but yeah. I know. Is not want to do something. I want to do that classic, that simple but elegant. Uh, so who is better? Uh, the set design, the e design, or try the, he did an incredible movie. Uh, he rebuilt the uh, the American gangster. The he did in uh, in Cinecittà, the old movie. He built New York in Rome. In, in Rome. So the the idea. Uh, now is to build Rome in New York. So yes, <laughs> and the idea that you feel that when you walk inside, you are in an Italian restaurant. You do, and that, but but you know we're running out of time, and so before we have to say goodbye, what do you think the future of Italian food is? Is it always just going to be classical, or is there what what what's your aspiration for the future? But I don't think a classic classical. I don't want it and. Then send the, the word classic is something old. Classic is a uh, something they are style and they have a very strict uh, identification about uh, uh, what is in the class in, in the case of the food or style or dress or jacket. Uh, something they know they know. Uh, it's timeless. Yes, that is a classic for me. It's no something that classic because it was made in the 1900 or 1800. And then I think uh, uh, what I try to cook here, simple food, but at the same time uh, they have the identification what is Italian food. The philosophy, uh, they make recognizable that it's a 
uh, Italian. And many um, today the the best Italian restaurant in the US they are uh, Italian. The the Italian best restaurant in the US they are known from Italian. And they are great. And then I think uh, restaurant like uh, Del Posto, like uh, uh, Scarpetta, like uh, uh, Bartolotta uh, and many other, they cook incredible. People, they, they have uh, more respect uh, about Italian food than many Italian chefs. Um, what I try to do, I try uh, to be more American, <laughs> to respect, <laughs> to respect more uh, what is the Italian cuisine. But this time, from my point of view, they are Italian, they are, I think, uh, more American to respect the Italian food for to identify more the classic Italian food. Cesare, you're a classic. <laughs> you're a classic. Thanks for talking Thank you. to us today. See you next time. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton and Chef Story. Shout out to my producer, Jack Inslee, to Heidi Tickle and Joe Sevier, my assistant producer. We'll see you next time on Chef Story. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.